Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You're listening to Germ Warfare with Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Jim Warfare at tntradio.live. It's my email address. Thank you to everybody who has been mailing me. Thank you to those particularly who tell me where in the world they're mailing me from. I do enjoy that very much. Jump into the live chat. And uh, as always, if you are watching uh, via one of the live streams, hi. <laughs> do say hi in the live chat also. And I think it's time to get to my guest, Alex. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Russia, gas prices, COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. As always, Todd Hay, and thank you for joining me in the trenches. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. Hey, so a few months ago, you and I were doing this uh, without the video feed. Now we have to dress up and look all sexy. That's right. Yeah, I'm wearing my brother's uh, hoodie here. So, yeah, I look like a slob. <laughs> I used well, to worry we about I, I didn't I didn't have to worry about this before. And now they're telling me center yourself in the frame and all this stuff. So, yeah. Well, I mean, as 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 we were saying just before we went live, we established last week uh, that uh, the Kiwis are all fat and lazy and wear tracksuits. Now, you're in Canada. Is it the same where you are? Uh, not really. Canada's been pretty good with that, but um, I think the states. Whenever I go down to visit my sisters in Virginia, <laughs> I notice a huge change <laughs> in the in the visuals of people walking around. Yeah, yeah. But that's all. That's again. That's all part of it. That's all part of the agenda. As I say, it's like everything is. It's like anytime you have a complaint about anything, you can always blame it on that. You know. So it's yes. that vic- victim projection here um well i mean if you so. think about it i mean and we can segue straight into you into your latest substacks about <laughs> about communism but i mean i i don't think i know or i don't think i've ever met a communist who is you know healthy <laughs> they all smoke and are lazy and <laughs> particularly lazy actually commies love being lazy they don't want to work so so they 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 check off that box <laughs> it should be the other way around actually now, are these uh, Russian, like, ex-Soviet communists you're talking about? Because the whole Soviet dynamic, or even Russia in general, the men in that culture have kind of a stereotypical presentation, or did at least. I don't know so much now. Now, now their, their stereotypical presentation is, is mobs, mobster gangsters, you know, uh, even though that's profiling that's not true of course for every russian male but there's uh there's a lot of um yeah presentation you know persona presentation in those countries so tell me a little bit about your latest couple of substacks you've been on a rampage <clears throat> yeah with my communist kick you know it's i i read your email and i go oh my god um i'm not an expert in in <laughs> In political, any any political system, I just, I, I guess one of the things that's appealing about my writing, I'm hoping, is that I'm kind of like the guy on the street, my my perception of things. It's a little informed. I mean, I know a little bit mm. about, about a little bit of things, 
Um, and I, I wrote in my article that I read the Communist Manifesto when I was in high school and got detention for it. So <laughs> that'll show you the mindset of of that, you know, 1970s uh, rural Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, the, the assistant principal actually came into detention while I was there and read me the riot act about communism. And I didn't have any idea. I just I just found the book in the library, which was interesting that it was in the library. And just thought it was a subversive thing to carry around and read, but I didn't really understand it. But the basic, the basic thing, I I, I had a <clears throat> a reader, um, com not complain, but he made a comment about the article that it really wasn't neo communism that that was kind of sweeping North America or and other parts of the world, but it was more of some kind of the end stage of capitalism. Mm -hmm. um, and I agree with that. But he was kind of upset that I used the word communism because I wasn't using it in, in its correct form or correct definition. And that's true about any of this. I think that's one reason why it's so easy to, uh, you know, the whole smoke and mirrors about it. I, I think it's easy to hide these things, like to hide communism behind socialism and, uh, you know, the welfare state and taking care of people and whatnot. Uh, and that's why you have so many people that are so radically against socialism or against the left or liberalism or whatever, because they think it's the the beginning stages of of pure hardcore communism. And I I would have to agree. I didn't I didn't used to feel that way, but I think I do now. And to put communism in a very very simple definition, and it's pretty much where I, if we talk about it, where I would have to stick because I I don't know the the intricacies of the economic models for true Marxism. Um, but it really is control by the state, essentially, the control of others uh, and the state state ownership, which also could be corporate ownership controlled by the state of all resources and goods, and uh, then shoveled out to the people that need it, you know, to those according to their needs, from those according to their ability. Um, and that's that's what we see happening. And we even hear, you know, Claude Schwab's famous line, the you know, in the future, you'll you'll own nothing and you'll be happy that that's a pure communist statement. Mm. So, but, I mean, he is so out of touch, though. I mean, you, you live in Canada, so so you live in a, in a first world country. I live in Africa. There are millions of people just in my city, Todd. Who own nothing and i can guarantee you they are not happy well as it stands right now um i think this is what schwab is 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 uh, referring to in the future um as it stands right at the moment people that don't have anything can't even rent things or they can't have access to things yeah. that are owned by the state i think that schwab envisions this very pure you know obviously uh, utopian idea of of the wealth being spread amongst the useless eaters that are still around. There won't be, according to, to what he wishes, I'm sure there won't be as many as there are now. But, you know, this is where the, the, the UBI, the universal basic income, uh, comes from, you know, this idea of supplying the general population with enough goods, enough resources enough material possessions that they will be happy but it's all controlled by the state 
Um, there's no excess. There's no uh, reward for working hard, for uh, pursuing a career that may pay more money, uh, pursuing education that puts you in a higher bracket of being able to bring in wealth for yourself. There will be none of that, I think, according to, to that line. Um, that's what I'm assuming. That's how I'm interpreting it. But it won't be poverty, you know, like what you're talking about. Um, poverty is what they're trying to eliminate. I mean, it's the first one on the list of the sustainable development. Uh, yeah, but Todd, they don't, they don't define poverty, though. I mean, so, for no. example, no. so Thomas, Thomas Sowell made this point a number of years ago in, in his excellent books, where he pointed out that um, a poor person in New York um, is not necessarily a poor person in Rwanda. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you know as so we that, talked about, mm. no, no, go ahead. What? No, I was just going to say. So, so the equivalency doesn't quite work. So that, that there isn't some sort of universal um, understanding of what poverty is. Although I think there there are attempts to say, well, if you un if you earn less than this amount per day or whatever, but the problem is is that it doesn't factor in so many other variables. Yeah, it's relative. Um, to mm. your situation. And I think that people that are tr struggling to try to stay within the bottom rungs of, of an opulent culture um, are certainly much more wealthy than the people that are doing the same in Rwanda. Uh, you know, the true definition of poverty, in, in my view, is someone who can't, cannot uh, sustain mm. uh, a healthy lifestyle. You know, with proper food and proper um, shelter, uh, I wouldn't even say medical care. Although you know, most people would include that. Um, you know, you look at a culture like before Europeans came, a culture like in some of the the South Pacific islands that were so self-sustaining that those people were poor in European standards, but. Um, had a good lifestyle, had a very healthy lifestyle, and were very happy. And you've commented on this before, too, when you were visiting the Zululand, how people do not have things, yet they're dancing in the street and whatever, mm. as long as they're fed and they have the basics of, of a good life. And we have a tendency in the West to equate that with possessions and yes, cars uh and... Yeah. yeah, Todd, let me jump in. I want to ask you about that. Yeah. Because there, there seems to be this evolving idea of, of poverty, for example. Um, 500 years ago, people didn't own the kind of stuff that we own today. Uh, so it seems, to, it seems to only exist in relation to. So in other words, person A is only poor in relation to person B. Because if person B isn't there, then you know, to what are they being engaged? Well, that's true. And that's a psychological uh, aspect of it. But there's also there's also a physical aspect to it that if you're, say, in a big city, in an urban area, and you do not have enough money to put yourself above what, what they're calling the poverty line there, You'll have a difficult time with food because food is very expensive. You'll have a difficult time with heating your apartment. You'll have a difficult time finding a place to live that isn't infested with vermin and whatnot. 
So you essentially are lowering the living standard, even though those the people in that lower living standard are making much more money than and have possessions that the people in a poorer country do not have. So it's and there's also the psychological element of not having what other people have that causes people to flip into despair. You know, I can't afford those those fancy shoes or I can't afford an, an iPad or a cell phone um, where that would be beyond any any means for a, a primal culture somewhere. They, they wouldn't even know mm -hmm. they exist. Uh, they wouldn't have a longing for them. They wouldn't be envious of other people that have those things. And I think that causes a lot of problem as well. If you're living in a culture with constantly being hit with media, television, commercials, mm -hmm. magazines, news, whatever, that you're constantly being hit, that the good life is just beyond your reach, that you can have all of these things. And this is how people are supposed to live. That Instagram culture. Huh? Instagram, Instagram culture. Yeah, yeah. And and that again is part of the agenda. I mean, if 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 we didn't have things and we did we were not uh brainwashed into believing we had to have things by need, mm -hmm. uh, then we would just look for other things to be happy. You know, and we've talked about that before too. And you look like five hundred years ago or whatever, where people, you know, yeah. you would you would carve a little toy for your kid for Christmas, you know, a little dog or something, and you'd give them this little whittled out piece of wood, and the kid would be, ah, oh, you know, that'd be the greatest thing instead of uh, you know, the latest video game system or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing you can do now to get somebody, a kid, to be happy. And, uh, the thing though about the thing though about communists, socialists too. I mean, they just sort of communist light. Um, is that they don't like it when people excel or exceed, uh, 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 do well. They don't. They don't like excellence. So this is what they do. They'll bring those people down so that everybody can be equally, you know, equally poor or equally mediocre. Um, it should be the other way around. People should be encouraged to to lift themselves up, but the state doesn't like that, and so it will try and squash everybody that's doing well onto the same level. I actually noticed that when I was in um, in Holland, um, I I saw very few wealthy people, but I also saw very few poor people. You know, everybody kind of seemed to be in the same bracket, and for me, that's that's concerning. <laughs> that's probably the most concerning thing about all of this in in my mm -hmm. opinion uh i'm not so sure and i don't know this is why i'm saying i'm not an expert in communism or the communist way or uh whatever but i don't know if that is an intentional um tenet of marxist communism mm -hmm. is to keep everybody the same i certainly see that happening in our culture and I think in well, a it is. Total, yeah, totalitarian it is. culture. It, it is about yeah. keeping everybody the same. I mean, it's it's the it, destruction it of difference. It's exactly what it is. I just wrote about this. It's an article mm -hmm. coming out. And I found a quote. I decided to revisit the old 1966 movie, uh, Fahrenheit 451, that I know there's some there's some gems in in that in that writing in Ray Bradbury's Bradbury's book. 
Um, and one of them that was in there that I loved is is that the chief fireman is having a conversation with Montag, who's the main character. And he's saying he's talking about how bad books are and he's throwing them around, getting ready to burn them. And he makes some comment. I'm not going to quote it correctly, but he makes some comment about about equality that he said that equality is is something that that is not the constitutional equality is to is to allow people to be um what they wish to be and and not put anyone down for not being a particular thing or whatever but he says that the equality that they need to have is a made equality that everyone is the same that no one is different than anyone else they have the yeah. same intelligence the same information the same everything and that is what I believe what you're saying that I think that is part one of the most important and primary intentions of the agenda is to well, yes. flatten I mean, that, it all. Yeah, yeah I mean that's 19 right. that's 1984 the the party thanks yeah. you for for your obedience, you know. Um, right. Don't don't right. don't think don't think critically Todd. Don't do right. your own research. Right. Trust us. Trust the right. experts. We know what's best. Right. Hang on Todd, I'll be back with you in a moment. My name yep. is Jerm Channing to Todd Hay and this is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them. Criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40. California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. Yeah. 
Hi, Daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. Sometimes life can be overwhelming, and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like know your warning signs so you can act early, make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts, reminders of things that make you feel strong, some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. Today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. One of the things, Todd, uh, about communism uh, is that it's, well, I mean, Karl Marx, for example, he absolutely hated the idea of private property. And that feeds into, you know, what Klaus Schwab has said um, about owning nothing. The whole thing about technocracy, which is essentially sustainable development, which is essentially what what we're talking about. I mean, that's where things are going. It's mm -hmm. a very, very subversive. There's the term that you used at the beginning of our chat. And the reason why it's subversive is because it's this interesting uh, coupling of what you would consider to be traditional or legacy capitalism and communism. And they kind of working together. And it's, a, it's the same sort of thing that was in Brave New World um, in the sense that you will have rich people and you'll have amazing technology and and you know all this kind of thing but you'll also have mm -hmm. centralized state control of things uh, so you'll have this illusion of freedom well yeah that's the key isn't it I, you know when i use the term communism in my writing i'm i'm referring to the very basic concept of state ownership Mm. And you can even you can even make that a little looser and say state controlled, um, mm. as opposed to the word ownership. Although eventually I think it will come to state ownership, um, mm. but at first it's like you're saying they're in cahoots with um, 
with the uh, big, you know, capitalism and and the 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 big corporations and the ownership that we find there, you know, with the bankers yeah. and whatnot. But it's still state controlled, and whether that state is defined as the the heads of these uh, huge uh, money making systems or money controlling systems like the banks, the Rockefellers, wh- whatever, uh, is beside the point. The oligarchs, as they say, it, it's still. Mm-hmm a form of communism which essentially takes the power away from the individual and gives it to an elite group of people yeah. or a single person in a totalitarian or in a dictatorship uh, i i don't think we'll see that Al- although people like Klaus schwab or whatever appear to be the head of these systems but i, I don't believe it's that simple so I'm opposed I- to to state controlled though uh, it's a very okay so this is a very very uh wobbly tightrope to walk but um if you think about it the pure opposition to state control doesn't really mean much it's just academic because what is the state it's essentially a group of people if you if you think about your homeowners i don't know what you call it where you are but where we are if we are in a grouping if there's a group of housing uh, that has a some sort of collective uh, central authority that helps oversee the you know the ground and the, the walls and all that sort of stuff. You, you could technically say that that's the state because they're overseeing. They're a central authority. It gets very murky when we start breaking apart what these terms mean. Um, but I think for the purpose of, of conversation, I, we you know I think it's fairly obvious what we mean when we say the state. Well, yeah, and that's a good point. I I think there's an assumption which probably should not be made, and it should be clarified, mm. that the state is non-elected. It's non-representative. Yes. Okay, yes. and that that's enough to say that. Yeah, if a whole bunch of people get together and say, "Hey, Joe, you're in charge of the sewer system here in our little community," and then Joe um, gets to dictate how people are supposed to use their toilets or whatever, then you know that's state controlled. But it's elective. It's elected. It's but, elected position. And this is this is the biggest argument, mm. though. And and it's the one that you gotta you gotta kind of hit sheep with. Excuse me for calling people sheep, but um let's us use that as a, a general moniker for the groups of I'm people okay that with, are not. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, the 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 this is the single thing that you can hit them with that they will have a difficult time arguing with. It's like to say, do you believe in a democratic free society? And they'll invariably say yes. I mean, the farthest yes. left you can get, they they will say yes. Do you believe that the people that govern you should be elected? And they would generally say yes. Mm-hmm. And then you can say the movement right now is to put the UN the WHO, the WEF, or whatever, in charge of the world. That's what this whole pandemic treaty that's going around is about. They are not elected officials. And they are then dictating what we do as a sovereign nation. They're taking that away from us, and they're dictating Mm. what we do. Now, there'll always be an argument, well, the United States, say, is an example they have the ability to withdraw from those and not sign those treaties, those global treaties, and the people that are choosing and making those decisions are indeed elected by us. 
So we can't control as as a mass of people. We can't control all of their decisions. We put them into into office, and then they make those decisions for us. So they'll have that argument, but then you get into an argument that can get pretty deep. But the essential thing is is that the state, and in in our case now, it's a global state, is not elected. And they have the power to do things to us that we don't want them to do necessarily. And we have no control over that. So, And it seems like it's almost unstoppable. Well, it is in a way. Um, They will always find a way. Anytime you knock them down, they will get back up. But you got to just keep knocking them down until... I, I mean, as far as as far as resolving all of this on on the level we're at now, the top down kind of approach, and <clears throat> you know, is to elect people, say in the United States, to elect a president that will withdraw from the WHO and from, you know, uh, but, I don't okay, know so about the UN. Let but, me yeah. let me let me stop you there because that's something that I've been grappling with. You say, okay, so fine. Let's say Trump comes in and he pulls out of the Paris Accord and other climate change nonsense that the U.S. is currently in. Okay, great. Then five years later, a new president comes in and reverts that and goes back to how it was. I mean, it does make you question, what is the point then of voting in presidents if they just keep changing the whole the whole time? It's a delay. That's That's the only point there is. It's not a good one. I mean, I'm not, mm. I'm not defending it. It's just that the, the, and this is the reason why I'm not a real advocate of all of this. I mean, I mean, I'm an advocate of, of being an activist and of trying to make change, trying to make change in the courts, trying to make change politically with elections. I believe we have to do that. I think anybody that pulls back and says, it's just too big, you know, yeah. it's futile. I'm going to like go live, live in a hole somewhere until I die. I don't think, although I wouldn't never put someone down for doing that because everybody has their own reasons for things, but I, I don't think that's a solution. I, I think we do have to keep fighting as if we could win, but I don't, I don't think we will. I, I think this is a bottom-up thing. I think it has to come to a point where we either have full-fledged revolution <clears throat> where people do take to the streets um, hopefully not violent, but still, what whatever a revolution is in our modern times. Um, yeah, or but Todd, or you you you're playing you're playing with fire now because revolution talk is communist talk. Well, it depends on what's behind it, isn't it? What are you revolting? You know, the communist talk is the workers revolting in order to uh, to have a better life by controlling their uh, yeah. their work environment that's what the communist revolution was about and yeah, yeah it is it is fire and uh, you know of course i would never publicly and i and i don't believe this either personally i i don't believe that revolution has to be by any means violent well i mean let's 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 be honest yeah the oligarchs are revolting yeah <laughs> yeah, passively. I mean, did but you that's not, that. Did, you didn't get my joke. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm sorry. They're they are What's revolting, as in as in they're revolting. Oh as yes, in they're yes, disgusting. yes, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. 
<laughs> too much on the serious it's not, line right it's now. not fu- it's not funny when when i have to explain it, it no it's not but good thank you <laughs> i love the way your mind goes to that i didn't even think of it yeah anyway now i totally forgot what i was going to say but just as i'm well. so sorry <laughs> no it's okay no i was <laughs> i was going to say uh i think i was going to say this i think they've set themselves up uh Mm. with their Achilles heel showing very, very clearly, but nobody will take advantage of it. And I think the Achilles heel is that if the majority of people, the masses out there turned around and said no, and said, we're not, we're not going along with this bull, uh, that they would collapse. Yeah. And it just never seems to happen. No, it doesn't. They know that. Yeah. They know that they brainwashed us all. I mean, it's, it's like having Mm. a whole bunch of, zombies that you go to and you say okay zombies uh you want this and they all go yes 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 and and Mm -hmm. all they had to do was say no but they're so conditioned to say yes that they always will so that's the reason why they can present their achilles heel they don't need to be violently overthrown okay they don't need to have fighting in the streets and a coup you know that pulls the president down and murders him i mean they they don't that isn't required all that's required is that everybody's just say no and that's it and they'll come down and they know that that achilles heel is there that weak point it's kind of like you know taking the death star down with with getting a nice clean shot down that little tiny hole you know, they they know it's there, but they're not afraid of it because they're not even close to being threatened by it because the majority of people would just go, yes, 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 over and over again. But that's why I'm saying the revolution doesn't have to include much of anything except the majority of people saying no. And that's the revolution and that will be effective. That's all that's needed. Mm. We don't, we don't need it, to have. And it can be televised too. Yeah, right. Is that funny? Was that a funny? Well, 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 the revolution will be televised. Okay. I oh, Todd, come on! You, you, you're, you're. I, I need a, I need a sound effect, Jeff, for when like when my one liners <laughs> bomb. I need a sound effect, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were being John Lennon like there. Speaking imagine. of which, John Lennon was a bit of a commie, wasn't he? I mean, that song "Imagine." Probably. I only realized that if I only realized that a few years ago, like how absolutely communistic that song is. I mean, he's imagining a world where there's nothing. It's just like boring, bland emptiness. Well, dystopia, I mean, utopia, see, I get the two mixed up because they're the same thing. Utopia is a communistic concept. It's like everything is in order and you have Mm. central points of controlling that order for the good of everyone. So everything is shared. And the the problem with utopias is that they're impossible. They're they yes. are like not. Uh, what is the word for that? There's there's a there's a word for it when something is is not even possible of functioning because of the very nature of it. You know, human beings are diverse. They're different. They're eclectic. Some, you can take the majority of them and say, ah, they're close enough to being the same, you know, maybe 80, 70%, if that. Yeah. But that's primarily because the culture has homogenized us into one central thought. You know, consumerism, you'll like this, this is something everybody will like. 
blah, blah, blah. So it's become even more uh, made the same. Oh, and I have to say this before I go on. I, I have the quote that I was butchering to death um, from Fahrenheit 451. And this is a great quote. The quote is, and this is from the bad guy. He says, we must all be alike, not everyone born free and equal, as the Constitution says, but everyone made equal. Isn't that a great quote? Yes. Yeah, that's great. And and the difference in that, I mean, we see not everyone born free and equal, as the Constitution says, which is what the ideal, but everyone made equal, which is by the state. The mm. state makes us equal in order to have conformity and in order to have compliance. That if we're all the same, they can throw something out and say, everyone agree on this. Yes, mm. we all agree. So, and you can't, you can't do that. Yes, sir. Hang on a second. I'm just quickly going to a break. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jim. This is TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Facts matter. And the fact is that until the COVID-19 genetic therapy injections hit the scene, we didn't have thousands of young athletes dying in competition, in training, or home asleep in their beds. We didn't blame things like a previously undiagnosed genetic cardiac anomaly or taking too cold a shower or walking too briskly to class. And the fact is that it wasn't Israelis that kidnapped Palestinian Olympic athletes in Munich and murdered them. It wasn't Israelis that blew up nightclubs in Berlin and Indonesia. It wasn't Israelis that drove a truck through a Christmas parade in Wisconsin or shot up a Christmas market in Germany. It wasn't Israelis that stabbed to death festival goers in Stockholm. It wasn't Israelis that did these things. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. She was reading at a second grade level in kindergarten. Pod four swimming before she was seven. Finally convinced mom to get her ears pierced in the third grade. Came in second at her fifth grade spelling bee. Drill team in the seventh. And with one stroke of the keyboard. One click of the mouse. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Report a cyber tip today. TNT. You're with Jeremy now on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Yeah, so all my one-liners, Todd, are just bombing absolutely. They're just going into the ground like with no explosion whatsoever. Uh, you were talking about the Achilles heel earlier, and um, I had a I had a thought that it, it would be great to name your dog Achilles because then you can say Achilles heel. But I, I suspect that that joke is also not going to fly. <laughs> no, I got that one. I get dog jokes. <laughs> Listen, That's but good. going back to going back to the sort of Marxist communist technocratic thing, something that's always made me wonder is what is it about those ideas that people find so intriguing. It's all fine and well, Todd, to point fingers at Klaus Schwab and the oligarchs and all those people. But as Matthias Desmet also says, we are also to blame because we we celebrate it. We encourage it. We bring it on. I mean, Yuri Bezmenov, former KGB agent, said in paradoxically in 1984 in an interview in the United States, he said, the United States will implode it will destroy itself without one bullet being fired. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that was Khrushchev that said that. Although Khrushchev didn't say it. Um, but uh, yeah. And uh, what is that about human nature? Uh, mm. That's a good question. I, I'm sure there's been a lot written on this archetype of leadership and and uh, the and follower. Um, it's been present in every human culture that we've known. I, I believe. I don't know if there's mm. any an anarchist uh, cultures that are either ancient or current. Uh, there's always, well, that's probably not true. There probably are. I kind of recall, um, some primal cultures that still exist in the world that don't really have a, a leader or a king, um, or whatever you might call it. But I, I think that's pretty present, pretty common. And God, of course, is the ultimate leader, the ultimate king. Um, but I mean, which having no leader, having no leader is pretty much the antithesis of being human. I mean, human nature requires leadership. Uh, it seems to, but why is that? Other animals, there are other animals that don't have that. There are some like pack animals. Most animals, no, but come on, all animals do, Todd. I mean, even lions, they'll, they'll, they'll have the alpha. Well, lions do, lions do. Um, and again, I don't know that much about this. I, I'm sure they're maybe the majority of it. I know squirrels don't. I got a lot of squirrels in the backyard and yeah, they're, they don't they're have quite a leader squirrel. Yeah, right. Yeah. Squirrels are elephants. Anarchists. Elephants are uh, and elephants are quite, they're like feminists. And they, yeah, they have right. A, a, they are. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they like to have a woman leader. Weird. Right. <laughs> we used to, back in the matriarchal age, the pagan age was very feminine driven, although it was more equal than it, it was, it wasn't like like a male leader who has power and likes to boss people around kind of deal you know i i think that's a key thing and not being an anthropologist and not having any idea what i'm talking about um i do think in human nature uh this idea of having a benevolent leader that will take care of you and not treat you poorly mm, and yeah. also it's not it's not just the leader part that's intriguing it's also feeling good that everyone is taken care of that altruistic drive that seems to be very, very common in human nature. It's a, that's where the liberal idea comes from. It's like, yes. I'm not selfish. I, I am willing to give to a degree, willing to give my excess in order for other people uh, to live well. Yeah. Yeah. So, but my wife and I were talking about exactly this in the car the other day, and she made the point that it is human nature to to want to help. We, you know, if somebody is in trouble, we will naturally go and help. Uh, it's 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 wired into us. So, the sort of communist mindset that we're told or that you would believe to be the case seems very virtuous. I mean, we are there to help those in need. The problem, as my wife pointed out, is that it it's not them who are doing the helping. They're they're passing that responsibility onto the state. Oh, no, don't worry. The state will help you and we'll just carry on being lazy. Uh, whereas the sort of the legacy capitalist mindset is, I will do it. I will go and help. I'm not going to wait for the state or for somebody else to take my money so that they can go and, and help so that I can sit in my throne and, and, uh, and signal my virtue. <laughs> That's very well put. Um, 
the I I believe that, and, and this is coming from Ayn Rand, who is who is of course very anti-communist, and uh, actually people have labeled her as you know the selfish. She's the she focuses on selfishness, but I I believe in reading her work and reading her her other writing. She was more focused on volunteerism, more focused not necessarily in in an ar- anarchist way, but um, the the distinction for her was if if altruism is state driven, uh, it's wrong. If it's individually driven, then it's a good thing. And she did believe that in a culture where people could not take care of themselves, that they should be taken care of, but not by the state. Now, I could be botching up what she had to say. Any no, but, experts on no, you're objectivism? Correct. But she yeah, did say that. But but she's right yeah. though. I I agree with her in that regard. Mm. In fact, I agree with a lot of things I ran had to say. I I think she went off. And and it made sense considering her background and the time that that she was functioning, she went off in a direction that that I didn't really agree with. You know, with her capitalism and putting the power into the the you know that structure. But this individualism, this idea that we choose to be altruistic, that we individually choose, and yeah, we can get together with a group of people and we all agree to give a certain amount of money. And if we continue to agree to, and if we want to pull out of it, we can pull out of it. But this idea that the state forcibly collects money from us in order to do with it as they choose. And if they choose to give huge amounts of it to say a foreign country who's fighting a war, uh, then we should get upset about that and say, Mm. no, this isn't what I want. And the same with with welfare and whatnot. And I think that's where the argument comes in that people are upset about. They're not upset about the poor or people that are not capable, which there's a difference. You know, as as we've been talking about, there definitely is a human nature to be lazy if you're taken care of and to not put forth effort. Well, I get my welfare check. I, I know that that's an extreme. Well, probably isn't an extreme, but I'm putting it in very simple terms. Um, it's more of an unconscious, in my view, it's more of an unconscious mindset to to believe there's no point. I mean, human beings natural, naturally will go to whatever is the easiest to do. That's that's just, we're designed that way. Efficiency. Yeah. You know, um, we're efficient. If we can get away with not doing X, Y, Z, then we won't do X, Y, Z because we're fine without it. So that's human nature. Yeah, but the, the the other aspect though is that when you are forced into a position where you need mm-hmm. to to take action, uh, which often, for example, comes from a failed state. You know, here in South Africa, we have huge amounts of problems from you know at every level, right? Well, but if you consider that around, I think, ten to fifteen percent of our population are taxpayers. You're sitting with like. 85% of the population that doesn't pay tax. Now, what happens then is that there is a welfare state, but it's a struggling one for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. And so what, what mm-hmm. ends up happening, what invariably happens is, is that you, you end up with millions and millions of people becoming sort of self-reliant or self-sustain, uh, self-sustaining as much as possible. In a weird way, that's sort of a blessing. Hmm. For who? Who's uh, it a well, blessing for? I suppose for the people who are learning, I mean, it's hard, 
But if they if they get to a point, look like for example, we we sit with six hours a day of no electricity, so right. we can we can sit back and moan and 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 point fingers at the state, but it won't fix anything. We're still sitting with no electricity, so we end up having to make a plan. Uh, so you you you're forced into a situation uh, in which you want something to work. It's as simple as that. So you either you either plug the hole that's in your boat, or right. you let the water come in and you sink. So it's self-reliance mm. is what you're talking about. More of self-reliance. You know, I, I I mean, all these things we're talking about make sense in a level playing field. Um, mm. You know, it's it's always going to be a struggle to manage millions of people, uh, whether they're bound by national borders or or what. I mean, it's it's that that's the problem with this idea of oh, we can make this perfect. You know, we can make a utopia here. Don't ever try to do that. Just deal with the crap. But as long as it's a level playing field, and the problem now is that that side of it, the power side, the side that we've handed over to say, you take care of this for us, we elected you, or we believe in you, whatever, we know you have our better interests in mind. It's a hard job. You've got to juggle a whole bunch of better interests. But we trust that they will figure it out without destroying the whole system. But they're the ones, they are the ones that are gaining this a ma a, a massive power to be able to say, we can do whatever we want. And then most of the people are sitting there going, oh, well, that's okay. Because what, what they want is what we want. They're benevolent. They're going to take care of us, and we don't care how much power they have. Maybe that's a good thing, that they have global power to be able to shut down, you know, the factories pumping pollutants into the rivers or into the air controlling the weather. And, and maybe all that's a good thing because it's for us. The problem is, is that it's not. It's made up. A lot of it is. The whole climate thing in order to serve their interests. Mm. Okay, that's so the problem. By wherever we have the power, which we're losing quicker every day, to say no. To say, no, we don't believe this 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 red herring you're presenting to us, this, this, this COVID, whatever, this virus pandemic or global warming or whatever the hell it is. We don't believe in that. We're not going to do what you're telling us to do. We're not going to form... Uh, mm. smart cities, we're not going to take vaccines, we're not going to do these things because it's not in our better interest. It's not in the better interest of the world. And we're we're not even at that point yet because the majority of people think that everything that's going on now is good. They think that the sustainable development goals are good. Uh, whatever we have yes. to do, we're going to put our problem. boots on and we're going to do it right because we think these are mm. great ideas. No poverty, clean water, equality, all of these wonderful things, but mm. they're all fake. And, and, and none and, of it and is the other real. Thing, and the other thing is, is that they're all wrapped in, in, in sugar, sustainable yeah, development. Carrot. I mean, oh, I yeah. mean, Todd, why would you oppose development that is sustainable? Why would you oppose Black Lives Matter? Do you not think that Black Lives Matter? What's wrong with you? Right. Uh, right. You know, and right. Um, right, and renewable and green. It just sounds lovely. Yeah. I mean, it why would does. you oppose any of these things? It's the carrot. 
again, I just wrote an article on this. It's always funny when these mm. things come up and I go, oh my God, that doesn't come out for another couple of weeks. Um, it's the carrot. It's the carrot and the stick tactic, mm. the Trojan horse, whatever you want to call it, sugarcoat, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, it's very sugarcoated. You've got to peel the layers away and go, well, what does this mean? And is it true? That's the first one. Is this true that this is a crisis we have to fix? Is it true? Mm. It's very easy to to look further down that rabbit hole and find that it isn't true, or most of it isn't. Some of it is. There's always a hook to hang the hat on. I mean, there's there's there is environmental problems. There is pollution problems, whatever. But it's the carrot and the stick comes later. And we know, you and I and most of us on this side of the fence, know what that stick is and know that stick yeah. is horrible. It's a horrible, and that's where communism, state rule, whatever comes in. Anyway, I think I, uh, I think that we should continue this conversation, but right now though, look at the time. So let's go promo. You know, so let, let's talk about how I can follow you. That's great. Um, I'm on Shrewviews, www.shrewviews, all one word, .com. And it's a Substack, and I write a couple of articles a week. And the coolest thing about the 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 Substack is the community that's formed there. There are a whole bunch of amazing people that that write their own essays as comments that add to mine and other thoughts and whatever. And I think that people really enjoy that. So please come and join us. Just got the weirdest email uh, now a few minutes ago. We're losing you. I wonder what that means. That's so cryptic. <laughs> Is that all it said? <laughs> yeah, we're losing you. That's it. That's that's the sentence. <laughs> wow. I wonder what that means. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that person's a communist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of scary, actually. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it was my maybe it was my comment about about uh, kiwis being um, uh, fat, lazy, and in tracksuits. <laughs> never listen have. listen 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 south africans are very fat so make no mistake oh really <laughs> i uh. we are super fat super wow. super fat well, but, we don't relative, always, but we don't wear tracksuits we don't wear tracksuits all right so so okay. the new zealanders they they have they have one one notch lower <laughs> and then virginians bit, or west virginia something of a tracksuit also what that that weird top of yours Oh, you that's look, right. Me? Yeah. I'm Todd, promoting quite brothers. Gangster. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I got my hoodie. <laughs> All right. Should I put my hood up? Okay. Got to go, Todd. Got to go. All right, buddy. To Todd thank Ayn, you, sir. thank you for joining me in the trenches. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Do send me an email, germwarfare at tntradio.live. As always, uh, tell me what your thoughts are. Give me feedback. Give me ideas for, for guests, topics. Doesn't really matter. I don't mind what you, what you say. Just say something. Send me a mail. Uh, Alex, it's been a pleasure having you and Joel. I must always thank Joel now because we are we are doing live video, and um, it's quite a lot of fun, isn't it? Having having a video feed on top of the audio feed. Got to get used to this. All right, I'm Adia. Catch you tomorrow. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Mm -hmm.